Wine and Shine Podcast, Episode 19. Be the person you think you are. Do what makes you uncomfortable. Go out of your way to help other people. If you would say that about yourself, then do it. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. So today on the podcast, we have two wonderful guests with us. We have Ashley Stacy and Steen Horvath um, from Columbus, Ohio. They are here to talk to us about feminism. It's not a dirty word. It's not a dirty word, which is why we wanted to have a conversation about it. And mainly because me and Liz both have a lot of thoughts around feminism, but we don't feel like we are well-knowledged enough to talk educationally about it. Yeah, so we're bringing in some people that know more than us. A major and a minor in women's studies. Yeah, there, see, there you go. <laughs> we'll yeah. confirm who is the major or the minor. <laughs> I was the minor. <laughs> yeah, so we have two people with degrees in women's studies. I think we're good to go. Yeah, um, yeah tell us, um, or tell our listeners rather, a little bit about yourselves and your backgrounds and all of that good stuff. Okay, I'll start. I'm I'm Steen. Stan. You can Stan. You can call me Stan. I called her Stan today on accident. So yeah, your name is Christine. She's forever. My Stan name is now. Christine. We all called you Steen. Corey in Michael Smith, who is now like a famous actor, started calling me Steen, and then everyone started calling me Steen, and I was like, right, sure, I'm why in. not? I'm in. But today I called you Stan. Yeah. For, it's like just like plopped out of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. So hi, I'm Steen or Christine, whatever you, what you know, whatever. <laughs> Whichever. Um, I also run a podcast called Babes to Know. Yes, please listen to it. Yeah. It's a cool like storytelling podcast. We do like deep dives into like interviews with people. And Ashley was actually on the podcast and we did an episode called Two Drunk Feminists. Perfect. Which is one of the most listened to episodes, by the way, in case what? you be a recurring, yeah, and, a recurring segment. Yeah. It's really fun. And we like just rage and talk about feminism for a while because it was right after, like, it was right before the election, I think. Yeah. Right. So basically, this is going to be like take two on the Wine and Shine podcast. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, yeah. not yeah. as drunk. Yeah. Me. Well, drunk. We're just drinking mimosas. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. We are just drinking mimosas. So. Yeah. So, and I did minor in women's studies, but I'm also not an expert. So, just like, we're just all being bad feminists, but trying to be better feminists. That's the goal. All day, every day. What about you? Um, I'm Ashley Stacy. I'm not as cool as Steen, but I was on her podcast <laughs> once. <laughs> and I do have a women's studies degree, um, specifically like specializing in uh, politics, institutions, and economies, which is just a really fancy way for saying like I took a lot of specified elective classes, <laughs> um, but also not an expert. Most of the time, I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm talking about. Well, I feel like now better about myself because I never know what I'm talking about. So that's how I go about life. It's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. We're looking for free pizza. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> we are truly faking it till we make it. Yeah. I mean, me and Liz have this podcast and we just talk about our thoughts and feelings and I don't feel like yeah, we don't no, have like scientific yeah. evidence. We're like, this is a cool book we read. <laughs> this is an idea I had. It made me feel really happy or made me feel really sad and I just want to talk about it. I mean, yeah, people get paid to be critics and that's literally like just your feelings yeah. about things. Right. Like, they, yeah, they, what are their credentials other than the fact that like people agreed with them once or twice? Yeah. Right. Well, isn't that what a podcast is? Like you're just getting on some mics and talking about how you feel about topics and hoping that people resonate. Yeah. Or don't. I I don't know. Yeah. I think sharing ideas and telling stories is like how we learn from each other, Mm -hmm. which is really great. And, you know, we We need to be learning from each other in these hostile times we are in. (laughs) (laughs) They are hostile. And they are. True story. (laughs) I love that you said that. (laughs) I love that you said that just ripping your mimosa. like looking it's so little sweet. hostile times yeah. we're in. Everything is rough. Yeah. Well, what does feminism? So I want to talk about, I think a lot of people, and I mentioned this earlier as we were gabbing beforehand, but I think a lot of people think feminism and they think someone screaming and burning their bra and chanting and being anarchist man hater. And that's not really how I view feminism, but yeah. I wanted to see how you would both define feminism. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is 100% what it is. I don't All the time. So. All I time. don't own any bras. Yeah. <laughs> I wore one today so I could rip it off and burn it. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you'll be able to hear the crackling of the flames, but... We should all, let's start a fire right bras. now and just burn all of the bras. I don't think you get your support. It's Cody's going to come at back. home and be like, what are you doing in the living room? What Wear your shirt in my home. Yeah. No more feminist in my house. Feminist out. Never invited back. Well, I'm curious if, like, do you know a lot of people who view feminism like that? Um, Or just a few? Or, like, is it just a trope that you know? Or I feel like I... So I try to, as much as I can, like, see both sides of an issue. Yeah. And I feel like when I... And I don't like this either. I feel like feminism and, and liberalism are, like, lumped into the same little... Ball. Okay. Yeah, I'm making hand gestures here. No one can see. I always do that. I'm like, can't anyone see me? So I try to look at the other side, and I that's kind of a trend I see on on the right side when I look at articles or opinions. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe I'm reading the wrong stuff. Um, yeah, but I don't... Per- see, the thing is, is that I don't personally know probably anyone who feels that way. You know, I don't think I do either, except I do feel like I know people who think like feminism. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh God, here we go they're again. They're those mm. feminists. Yeah. Or I wonder how many people just don't, they think it, but they don't say it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so, I think there's a large group of people that fall into that category. Like they're not outwardly like, oh, ta- always talking about those feminists like on Facebook or whatever. But in their head, when they see it, they're like, oh, there they go again. The eye roll yeah. type deal. Do you know anyone, Ashley, who thinks that way personally? I did. I don't keep them around. Don't keep those people around. No, I feel like I do know some people like that. And I don't know. For me personally, sometimes it's worth it to have the educational moment. And sometimes for my own mental health, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to disengage from this because I just, I don't have time. But um, I definitely know people like that. I, I don't always know how to have the best conversation around that because I'm just kind of like, okay, well, you might say that you're tired of it and you might say like, I'm 
not a feminist, but, and then all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't really know how to make that connection where you like, you get that that's what that is. And your feminism doesn't have to look like someone else's feminism. And, you know, how you choose to engage politically doesn't have to look like how someone else chooses to engage politically. So, so true. I love that. Yeah. I think that a lot of times when people feel really strongly about something, it's like that is opposing what you feel. It's hard to even talk to them about it because it feels like there's like this brick wall up and they're like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. This is how I feel. And it's like, I just want you to be aware of these other issues. I just want you to be aware of like this other side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where I'm coming from, I guess, with this recording is I just want to share with people like even like me who... I guess I can, I mean, I consider myself a feminist. I know you asked me earlier, do you consider yourself a feminist? And I said, yeah. yeah. But then when it comes to defining what that means, I don't really know how to define it. So even just like speaking to people like me where it's like, yes, I agree in all of these ideals and what we're pushing in the feminist world. But like, what does that mean? I think feminism for me means obviously at the base level, like equality between the sexes or equality between genders. But I think that you need to realize that that doesn't look uniform, given that there are so many other identities that come within like just being a woman or just, you know, identifying with the feminine that affect your experience in that space of of being a woman. So it, it gets messy because you have to be mindful of so many other things that you might not think about because like the experience of like being a feminist and being a white woman is very different than mm-hmm. like being a black woman or, you know, being an Asian woman. Like that's that experience. While there's a lot of things that are like rooted in similarity, they're still very different. So right? what do we do to be aware of all of these different sides? Because I think that's the struggle is that I don't always feel like I know all of the information I need to know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I think what is important for me as a white woman to recognize is that I have inherent privilege based Mm -hmm. on my skin color. So because of that, in all of the things that I do, I try to amplify voices and experiences that are different from mine and less privileged than mine. So with my podcast, I like to invite like a lot of different like perspectives to the table. Mm -hmm. You know, like I like to literally invite people to the table to tell their stories who may not have an opportunity to tell it otherwise. Or, um, you know, with like shows that I produce, like I, I'm a comedian and storyteller. So I have like, a lot of shows, a lot of times where I'm like, okay, well, this can't be like a one, you know, this can't be all women who look like me, right? Because that is not like representative of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like to like include other voices and like, you know, invite people to the table who are not like me to, I guess, just represent a lot of different kinds of experiences. And that's really important to think about. I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but... <laughs> no, you are. And when you were saying that, it was it just completely makes sense because I think that we can all get stuck in our own little worlds and our own little thoughts. And what we need to do is exactly like you said. I yeah. love, like, your podcast is, like, bringing in people to tell stories better than you can tell them. Yeah. Like, about things that they're more experienced at than you yeah. are. And presenting the perspective, like, I might not have had a conversation with a Muslim woman that has XYZ story. So I... 
and learning. I mean, you're facilitating conversations that people really should be having, but maybe they're they're not yet. Right, right. And I think that also like bringing those people into your life and into your mm-hmm. community is really important. So like folding them into my everyday experience is also important to me, not just like amplifying their voices, mm-hmm. but just like, like making them feel like, hey, like I'm going to use my literal white body mm-hmm. that is privileged to protect you, you know, and to help you and to like, get you further in the world than than maybe you would get without that kind of like white privilege sort of protecting you. Yeah. Using yeah, using what you have to support everybody. Yeah. To support others. Yeah, yeah. Completely makes sense. And I feel like especially like from a race perspective, I don't I feel like I maybe should have prefaced this. I'm mixed, so I don't identify as white. I identify like as a person of color, but I obviously pass and have like hella light skin privilege. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the the key to like, from a race perspective, like getting those different opinions and those different perspectives and, you know, learning more about that experience is just be okay with putting yourself in a position that might not always be comfortable for you. And then just listening. Yeah. Like you don't always have to be the person in a room that's like, leading the conversation or like speaking on it, I feel like there's a lot of value in a lot of times and just like sitting back and listening and then meeting those people. And like Christina said, like including them in your lives, incorporating them in your daily life. And then you'll, I feel like you'll just be more enriched as a person in general when you have people that have different experiences than you, but then also like your politics can be informed by that. And why wouldn't you want that? Right. Like why wouldn't you want to surround yourself with people of differing opinions and differing races and different religions and just learning and absorbing? Because I mean, it's all about awareness. Like what you can't change what you don't know. It feels safe. I'm sure for a lot of people yes, to be yeah. like, this is my reality. And I want to <laughs> confirm that reality by surrounding myself with people and ideas that are just like mine so that I feel validated and correct mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, it's not only safe, it's easy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the it's like, oh, I can make friends anywhere that I go, but those friends might look exactly like you and might have the same experience as you. And so like when you a lot of times when people talk about feminism, they use the term the work, which is like the work which is like like moving in a direction that is more intersectional and not like just like all white feminism. And that requires like emotional labor. It requires Mm -hmm. like going out of your way and putting yourself into uncomfortable spaces. And it requires essentially accepting ignorance, not as a pejorative, but just as a fact of your life. Right. And Mm -hmm. being okay with that in this, being okay with not being okay with that, like accepting that that's going to be the reality sometimes. And just being open to gaining that knowledge. We moving don't away from that place. We don't yeah. like to feel uncomfortable. Like or it ignorant. just or ignorant. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah right. So no, it's well, right. it, it's negative. It makes everyone talks about it as if it's like, well, you're ignorant. You don't know anything. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> we like well, teach me. Like yes. I want to know things. Yeah. Right. But that's the thing too. That's like a that's a place for a lot of especially white people who are like, please teach me. But like, you also have to do some of that work on your own, right? So you have to like teach yourself about the kinds of like 
um, the, the kinds of privilege that you have and the kinds of discrimination and hardships that people who don't look like you have. And, you know, like you have to sort of do some of that work on your own and you can't leave that to the people who are not like you to teach you like entirely. Hmm. I feel like sometimes people like they're aware of their privilege, but then they don't know what to do with it. Mm. Or they don't want to sound like they're being offensive. Or they mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, I, I I see what you're getting at. I think that's part of the discomfort because you feel mm-hmm. like I am privileged, and I do, and in that inherently is ignorance. Mm-hmm. And if I say anything, it could be the wrong thing. Right. So I'm just you're not right. going to do anything at all. You know what? I think that's what happens to me sometimes. Yeah. And I guess that's really vulnerable vulnerable of me to say that, but I think it does. It's like, yeah. I see that I have a privilege as just a white female. And I sometimes don't know what to do with that. I, like the ignorance thing. I'm like, I don't want to be wrong. Or I don't want to do something to offend somebody. Mm-hmm. But I want to- in, Like, especially on social media, you can't, it's almost like sometimes you can't even have the conversation because pe- I, I've seen people like just jump down yeah. people's throats. Yeah, it's really and hard. So oh yeah, hard. social media warriors are the worst. Yeah, they'll sit there and like troll, yeah. troll the crap out of you because they're like, I can say whatever I want I and put you down however I want because I don't have you in my face. Yeah. But they're not going to come for you in person like that. Yeah. Right. How can we empower women? How can women support each other? What can we do yeah, to build what up can women? We- Nina's gonna <laughs> spill mimosa. I am no longer allowed to pour yeah, mimosa while <laughs> podcasting. Would you like some though? Yes, please. Okay, great. I'll keep pouring. No, you're exactly right. So now, having said all this, what what can we do? How can we empower women to make these changes? In the in spite of the fact that our circumstances and lack of legislative representation hold us back. Yeah. I'm asking this is a really big one. Question. You're it's asking like real high level <laughs> questions. Ashley, what do you do? What do I yeah. do? What What's your personal philosophy on this? <sighs> I think you can. That's from like, the perspective of empowering women. Um, I feel like a few things on a very micro level. Like my mom had me super young, so I'm the oldest of like a certain generation in my family. So all of my cousins, including these little girls, are like 12 and under. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I work really hard to help them grow up thinking that they're more than just like pretty little girls. Mm-hmm. Like I, I try so really much. hard to tell my cousins, like I try hard not to just say like, you look really pretty today or look how cute your outfit is. I try to be like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. Like you're so creative. You're so funny. That's like, so Like look powerful. at all these things that yeah. you are other than just like a cute little girl. Yep. Right. Um, so on a very micro level, like within your family and within your close circle, I think that that helps because that will counter a lot. It's not going to like completely change her girlhood because there's still so many outside factors that she's going to have to deal with. But I think that that definitely helps. Um, and also being accepting of like women in your family and how they choose to represent themselves and how they choose to express their gender and express like who they are Mm -hmm. being super supportive of that donating in a bigger sense, like donating your body to causes, just showing up to things, showing up for people, showing up for causes, whether that looks like I can make it to this March or I can make it to this protest 
if you can't like, I don't have tons of money, but I'm going to throw a couple of dollars here. Like throwing money or throwing your time, Mm -hmm. throwing your person, throwing your support, taking out the time to reach out to your elected officials about things. And then being able to affect a higher level of change other than just being a part of the movement. I like the big movement towards getting more women and different types of folks in public office. It doesn't necessarily have to be at a national level, but like getting involved in your community and getting involved in politics, I think would drastically help the push to make those things. How do we get more diversity in the politics scene? Okay, I have something to contribute here. Yeah. Um, there is a webinar this weekend on Sunday evening. I think it's from 8 to 9. That is um, how to run for office. I saw that. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And I think that that's like one of the things that you can do is like get involved with your community and support the people who you know who are diverse, mm-hmm. who are running. You know, throw your money yes, at them. Throw yeah. your volunteer time at them. You know, do what you can on a small level to get those people to where they want to be. Because in the current context of like yourself? our political scene, that's what we can, like as long as we have a democratic republic, that's the best way that you can start to affect higher level changes to right. support. If, you, if you're not going to do it, if you don't want to be the person on the front, the person running for some type of office, like throwing your support in whatever way you can behind the people that are. That's me. Like that, you're talking to me when you say that. So, And that's so true. Like I just need to, like you said, use my body or like use some of the resources I have because I don't want to be that person. Like I I don't want to be the person in charge, Mm -hmm. but I want to support and get people in those positions that I believe in and support. And on the flip side, I would say, you know, coming from someone that works in the business sector, like business is a huge part of our lives. And it's very much in the government as we know. And I would say from a local level, getting representation on local boards for businesses, like the number of fortune 500 companies that have Mm -hmm. less than, or more than one or two females is very slim. Mm -hmm. I mean, not even fortune 500 companies, like obviously not everyone can do that, but I'm talking like local ways to serve businesses locally and getting women represented in business and politics and other areas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the same goes for people of color, you know, just like amplifying those voices Mm -hmm. and trying to find ways in which to like, you know, raise them up. And, you know, it's not, but that's the thing. It's like, it's not just women. It's like, it's like women, it's people of color, it's queer people. It's these people, it's all of the people who are going to bring something new Mm -hmm. to this political climate that we're in. Uh, what sorts of everyday discrimination do we face as women that we've just come to accept as yeah, part of the status quo realize. and we don't even realize is actually some sort of discrimination against us? Language is the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, the way that we talk about women, you know, the way that we sort of assign labels to them, like, um, that are just, like, pejorative for, like, no reason. Like, um like shrill or like, mm, like, bitchy. yeah, mm. just like, just like the little like microaggressions in language, I think are more like some days they like bother me more than others. And I'm like, you would never talk about that way. Talk that way about a man. Mm-hmm. Right. She's too aggressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bossy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Or like, you're just feeling hormonal today. 
Bar. Like those t- sorts You've of all things. Are you tired? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, you're not wearing any makeup. Oh are you Are you, are you sick? Okay? Oh my you're looking really a little rough sick today. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times I've heard all of these things. Yeah. yeah. So what would you, what would your counter be to people saying that's just women being too easily offended? Like you're reading into it too Good much. Good point. Yeah. You're like, don't. Because people would say that. People would say people that. People do say that. Yeah. My counter's not necessarily safe for air. So if you have one, let me <laughs> think of a nicer way the to first, say that. The first word that came to mind started with an F. So I'm going to say <laughs> something else. Um, I think I would say, like, spend a day experiencing this. Yeah. You know, spend a day thinking about what it would feel like if X, Y, and Z happened to you. But it's hard because empathy is not, you can't teach someone empathy, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can't teach someone to like have compassion for someone else. And if, and even if I did say to like my brother who is like, who is, I think would identify as a feminist. But even if I said to him, like, imagine if someone just called you bitchy, like for no reason, when you were just like trying to like get your point across, he'd be like, well, no one would ever say that to me. So like, why would I? Of course, no one would say you know that what to I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and not that he would say that, but that was no. just an example. Hypothetical but like, brother. Yeah, this hypothetical conversation. But, you know, it's it's hard for a lot of people to feel empathy for other people, but mm-hmm. that is what the root, I think, of feminism is. And I think of just getting through the next four years will be. <laughs> I, uh, well, so me and Cody have this conversation a lot. And like, I am a very empathetic person just by nature. I don't know what it is about me. I feel everything. Like right. I can feel exactly what other people are feeling. you're a woman and you have lots of feelings. Maybe. <laughs> but like, and, and he doesn't. Like yeah. he just doesn't. Yeah. And that's part of his personality. Yeah. And so I always want to know how can I teach empathy? Mm. How can I relate like these feelings to something that you can experience and that you can understand? Because you're right. That's that's what it comes down to. And yeah. how are we going to change the masses if we can't teach them empathy? Right. Like, mm. I think one of the biggest things is give empathy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, don't, and like, I'm guilty of it too. I do it all the time where I'm just like, oh, like white men are ruining everything, which I did earlier in this podcast even. But, you know, giving empathy to to white men, to white women will help them to see like, oh, this person wasn't just like mad at me. And we were able to have a conversation. That's a really good point because yeah. I think that's where the flip side comes in. Yeah. And when Liz was saying like the burning the bras thing is that a lot of times they're just like, oh, well, that person is just, they're on the attack. And, yeah. then, and so it's like, how are they supposed to feel and connect and like want to help your cause when they feel like you're just Attacking. beating down the doors? Yeah, and that's so, that's such a true statement. Like you have to give empathy to feel it. I think that you can't take the, I feel like you can't take the, not something that's offensive, but like the someone being on the offensive personally, you have to realize it's not an attack about you. Yeah. It's on an attack about, a construct that negatively affects their lives. Like, it's not personally about you. Like, if I say, like, I don't know, if I say something about, like, white men not knowing about something, I'm not saying, like, I hate white men. I hate you. You personally. 
Christopher Allen Thompson. Like, I, I don't know like if that's a person. I'm sorry if there's a like, Christopher what, Allen like, Thompson that listens to this. That's like a serial killer kind of, too. <laughs> kind of like that. But it's like, we're going to get some troll hate mail here from Christopher in like a second. Yeah. Bring so it. Yeah, I'll answer. Right. Come at me, Christopher. <laughs> Christopher Allen Thompson. Was that his name? Cat. <laughs> Is the initials coming at us? But yeah, I feel like you have to realize that it's like it's not it's not necessarily about you. I actually think that's a dilemma of our entire society is that whenever there's a problem, our first defense is like, oh, and it's attack on me or poor me. No, really nothing is like about you. Whenever there's a problem going on with somebody else, it's something going on with them. It has nothing to do with you. Right. Unless they're actually saying like, you slap my baby. Okay, yes. Yes. Like unless they pointedly tell you, but if they're just saying like, your gender or your race or your class, like that's it's not about you personally. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. about the system that is in place. Yeah. Kind of on a different note, since we've been talking about white men a lot, what do you think? What <laughs> things that white men? I, More I than any other time in my life. I know. I love my, I love my there are white so many man white too. men I love. Yeah, that's true. And he gets really fired up about this stuff. Yeah, he's like right on my team white, with me. Oh yeah, let's let's just have a minute, just like one second. Celebrate Christopher Allen Thompson, white male feminists, <laughs> intersectional feminists. Let's, yeah, let's Yay! all celebrate the Matt McGorries of the world. <laughs> Bay, if you're listening, can you? He can slide in the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> intersectional and what that means. I think that might be a term that some people are not familiar with. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm I'm going to let Ashley do that. Uh, it's all you. You want me to do it? Yeah. No, you do it. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> no, you do it. <laughs> intersectional feminism essentially refers to acknowledging the intersections of identity within people. People, right? So that... So that includes, you know, gender, that includes um, sexuality, that includes race, that includes religion, like all of the different things that make a person Mm -hmm. a person affects their life differently, right? So like a trans woman of color has a very different experience than I do as a cis white queer woman. So acknowledging that a person who has who has all of those intersections of identity that I don't have, have different ways of interacting with the world. I need to make sure that those people are held up, you know, cause I have, I have that sort of privilege and that goes for everyone, you know? So you have to keep all of those intersections of identity at play and ensure that like all of the people who have less than you do are as empowered as you are. Well, that just makes complete sense. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just like, d- yes. Right. Yeah. Like, this makes sense. <laughs> Want to hear something so wild? That theory didn't come arguing? out until the 80s. What? What's that? And the intersectional theory didn't yeah. come out until the 80s. Yeah. Wasn't it in, like, a college class? Like, a college professor coined it? I don't remember her name, but it was yeah. a black woman did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Black yeah. History Month, Dad. Yeah. Why are people arguing this? Right. Uh, I've seen the argument that I don't like that feminism. I don't know why I'm using that voice. That's like (laughs) my my key voice for it. I think it roots back to like when I was in high school and the way certain people talk to me Mm -hmm. that were just like really horrible and rude. There's like, I don't like that feminism tries to be like too many things that it's not. And I'm like, and who are you to define this? Yeah. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris Allen Thompson comes yeah. back again. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know if it's like my education background or what it is, but like it all makes so much sense that I just don't understand how people don't get that. 
And so I think like going back to my original question about the white man, like oh, what sorry. can we, did, no, we got distracted like, from the white what man? What can we do to like what can men do to help support this cause, to help support these beliefs? Like what can yeah. Cody, and my husband, do? Like I just it's so important. And the like, same thing that we were talking about with privilege, though. Yeah, just yeah. listen, give, give your time, give whatever you can, and listen a lot. Yeah, listen a lot. I think especially the way that we've constructed masculinity in our society yeah. is that, like, you have to be the loudest one in the room mm-hmm. and that you have to be the one that speaks. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where the whole term from, like, mansplaining came from, which mm-hmm. is when you give a well actually and you explain something to a woman that she actually completely understands. She mm-hmm. was probably she's just, a woman. just telling you that thing, but because she's a woman, she doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to correct her with the thing that she just said to you. Um, mansplaining. <laughs> that's so good. I've never really, I've seen the term used a lot, but I didn't, I've never heard that much of an in-depth explanation of it. So it's really fun when you explain to a man what mansplaining is and then he mansplains mansplaining back oh. to you. It's like inception. It's a full circle yeah. life. But it, I, I honestly feel like for me, a lot of the key for men and for anyone in a position of privilege when you want, make yourself uncomfortable and listen. Yeah. Like those top two things. Mm-hmm. One of the great, and I follow someone on Twitter. Her name's Brittany Nichols. She's like this amazing comedian slash like writer. And she, one of the greatest things that she said was be the person you think you are. Do what makes you uncomfortable. Go out of your way to help other people. If you would say that about yourself, then do it. You know, all that's all you have to do. Just act, you know, like your actions matter. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need you to tell me on Facebook that you support something, but then undo it with your actions. Mm-hmm. Like we need your actions. actions. We need, you need both. You yeah. need both. Right, exactly. Now, what would you say to the man who views feminism as not wanting to be equal, but viewing it as women thinking that they are superior to men? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think that's why a lot of, I think a lot of men think feminism is women saying they're better than men. I think that they're just very confused. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't mean, I don't mean to sound like rude. Like, I just really want to be like, I feel like we're having a misunderstanding and that's, it's both okay and it's not okay because now I want to know why you think that. I guess I'm getting, I've heard, I've heard, I don't know. I can't put like a person to it, but I've heard like, why doesn't anyone talk about men's rights? Oh, I've definitely heard that before. And it's because <laughs> like like, kind of those argument. are thought of as human rights. Yeah. Even yeah. though mm. we're statistically more of the population. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think humanizing women is also a big thing because a lot of times when you hear men talk about women's rights and a good example is when Trump was talking about all of these things just all tie together. But when Trump, that video came out, the Entertainment Tonight video, and a lot of men reacted to it by saying, I have a wife, I have a mom, I have a daughter. That's not humanizing. That's just still in relation to you. Yeah, very like, true. Those are, just, yeah. those are just like objects that are in relation to your experience. But like, what are you doing about it? Women are humans. Yeah, like you need to humanize them as individuals first. <laughs> yeah. And make sure that women's rights are humans, human rights. And that goes for everyone. 
Yeah, you, I mean, if those people that were saying mothers, aunts, sisters, whatever, they're identifying their roles. Right, in relation and, to them yeah. and what they do for them. Right, hmm. yeah. Oh, there was something that I, I ha- had something for this. I had one Sorry. earlier, too. Um, there's a great video montage of, like, all the men after that being like, I have a sister, yeah. I have a mother. It's, like, two minutes of, like, everyone on a TV show. Yeah, I have a grandmother. Like, well, yeah. yeah, you were born. I assume right. you, yeah. somewhere yeah, there's a mother. So there's, there's women in your life somewhere. So I put this out, a question out on Facebook, and I didn't get a whole lot of response. So I want want two experts. Like, what are some really yeah. good organizations... <laughs> I can get involved with that in, that encourage female leaders that get women together and help them lead and make a difference in their communities locally and perhaps nationally for or globally for our Hungarian listener that I saw um, on our analytics. Oh my we God, have maybe a they're related to listener? me. Someone from Hungary. Do you think Horvath his name is, is Hungarian? Was our Chris Allen Thompson? No, that's definitely a white American name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Organization, okay, it, like within any sort of realm or just like leadership in the business sector or I mean, in any sector. Any sector. Cover multiple sectors. Organizations that I like in Columbus, I like, I like getting involved on a really local level, right? So part of what I do is I do charity shows. So recently we did a charity show on Wednesday for Choices. I wanted to, wait, is that the self-love yeah, thing? Yeah, I really yeah. wanted to go and I was out of town and I was really bummed about We're it. We're doing it again next year. Okay, Don't good. worry, you can come. It was like a self-love celebration. I, I know, I thought that's of you. That's my life. Like that's so my also the scariest day of my life. Oh my gosh, did you she have was to so perform? good. She was it. so good. She's doing it again. Yay! Okay, some some organizations that I like in our city. So we did, we we raised money for Columbus Diaper Bank, which is great. It was started by Mikey from Mikey's Late Night Slice. Mm. He and his girlfriend, I think they might be married now, started it. um, But they, you know, basically collect diapers for low-income people in our city. Um, Choices, which is a domestic violence organization, we raised money for them. Who Women Have Options, Ohio, is really great. Um, they collect money for independent, like, abortion clinics throughout the state. Wine and Shine <laughs> needs to get linked up with these. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk to a lot of these people. Yeah, absolutely. What, what about, about from, like, a government level or, like, a local, like, policy level, mm. I guess? Mm, I don't know if... Does YWCA do anything policy-wise? I just know that I we did I stuff with them because I um, interned with Rep. Nikki Antonio for a while, who, if you're not familiar with her, she's BA because she is the first um, openly LGBT state representative in the state of Ohio. It's amazing. Amazing that woman. Hit, that we're just now hitting these yeah. first. I hear all yeah. the time, like, First African-American woman to, I forget what I heard recently. I don't remember. I feel like it was something entertainment related. And I was like, wait, this really? You yeah. had been a director to be nominated mm. for something. And I was like, oh. why hasn't this happened already? Jeez, I don't know. Or to win. I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of what it was yeah. either. That's going to haunt me for Sorry. the rest of the day. <laughs> um, but that's amazing for her because I would have thought that would have happened long ago. But I don't. Oh, uh, yes, we can, Columbus. Yes, we can. I'm just going to read on their website. Yes, we can. Columbus is supporting progressive candidates for school boards and city council because Columbus has one of the highest infant mortality rates in the country and we're ranked second highest in the nation in economic segregation. 
So that's I a good one. I have heard that one. Actually, I saw yeah. a map of Columbus. Yeah. Like by ethnicity. Really? And it was yeah. very interesting. It's We're very segregated. Very segregated. It's all, I mean, all of these concepts and all of these things that we're talking about, whether it's like feminism or politics or, yeah. you know, rights in general, yeah. they're all interconnected. And yeah. I think it all comes back to the empathy thing. I think yeah. it comes back to what you guys said, like using your person and using your abilities to like encourage and help and lift up those that need lifted up mm-hmm. and not just like taking all of your privilege and just like saying like, I'm out. Like you fend for yourself. You do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta help each other. You do. Is this has been so much fun. I just really appreciate you guys talking about this. I know that like these topics can be very sensitive, but I think that they're conversations we have to have. Yes. And I am just really happy to have two. We keep saying educated and they're like, we're not that educated. <laughs> like you have degrees but in this. So you know more than we do. We can acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. So two people that know more than we do. But I also want to acknowledge that I'm not an expert and I don't know everything. So if anyone listens to this and gets super salty, it's like, the, yeah. like <laughs> please like DM me. Let's get coffee. Yeah. Have a conversation. Yeah. I want to learn from you, yeah. but like I don't know everything. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. And I think that's important, like with people with like people like Lena Dunham and like Amy Schumer who mm-hmm. are getting a lot of flack. Like they're not listening. You know, they're just like choosing to do whatever they want and not sitting down and having a conversation, even though they claim to be open to it, you're going to screw up. But like what matters is how you react. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to screw up. Just listen when you do. That's to walk away. If walk away from anything from this podcast of us being idiots and (laughs) pretending that we know things, (laughs) always be ready to listen and go from there. Listen and grow. So good. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you if they want to? I mean, you're in the Columbus area. Like, you, Steen, have, a you have a podcast. Can you yeah. just tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to um, catch you on Instagram or? Yeah. Um, Instagram, I'm Christine Horvath underscore. Not Stan. Not, Not Stan. Stan. <laughs> and on Twitter, I'm Babe to Know. Your podcast. My podcast. Yeah. And uh, then, like, my podcast is on Instagram as Babes to Know and Facebook. I should really, like, it's whatever. And then my <laughs> podcast is also... <laughs> it exists on iTunes, somewhere. Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Wonderful. Why did we both just say wonderful and weird? <laughs> Ashley. Again, not as cool as Christine. Um, <laughs> if you want to find me on Instagram, I guess it's at superluminal91. I'm private. You can add me anyway. I usually accept people. <laughs> Except for like porn Instagrams, those seem to find that. So stay away if you're adding her for that. Yeah. If you're like (laughs) looking for thirst traps, I'm not really good at that. (laughs) Not your style. Yeah. But if you ever just want to chat. Open to it. Yeah. I'm always down for like a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for having us. Yeah. No problem. Listen to our episode of Babes to Know, which is Two Drunk Feminists. I can't wait. I honestly, I'll be, I have not listened to that one yet. So I will be hopping on that one in the car tomorrow. (laughs) Cannot wait. Cannot wait. It's a lot less PG. (laughs) It's not clean. Explicit. Not clean. Not clean. clean. Yeah.